Hey, and welcome to the Soul Gym. I'm Crystal. I'm Jody. Hey, we're so glad you're here this week, huh? Good to see. Good to see. I was going to say, see everyone. Yeah, well, we're, we're not seeing her. <laughs> We're not seeing anyone. <laughs> you know what? The craziness continues. Yes, it does. And so, like always, hey, let's begin with something positive. Yes. Like the Word of God. Oh, we love the Word of we God. We love the Word of God. So let's kick it off, Jody. Okay, so. Bring it. Scripture found in Jeremiah, a lot of people's favorite scripture, 29 verse 11. We're going to talk about what God thinks of us versus, versus what we think of us. So here's a perfect scripture. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected and he has no evil thoughts towards None. us. None. He has no bad thoughts towards us. When he thinks of us, I was thinking of that the other day. You think of me. It, you know, I just thought that was a beautiful thought. You were sitting there thinking of me, and as you do, you're going, mm, that Jody, she sure is cute, isn't she? <laughs> isn't that cool? Yeah, that's that so sweet. so, so cool. So sweet. So kind of what prompted this, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember the book, The Search for Significance. The original one was written by Robert McGee back in the 80s. And I came across this old PDF of that book online, and I started reading it again. And it holds as true today as it did back then. We are all searching for significance. We are. You know, it's, it's that age-old question, who am why? I? Why am I here? Why, why am I here? And so when, when you talk about significance, I mean, just even the word defined is this quality of being worthy, worthy of attention, worthy of importance. I mean, we, we have this natural hunger in us mm -hmm. to want to be loved and be accepted and feel important. And there's this innate desire that our life should matter, mm -hmm. that, that our life should have meaning and purpose and direction. And so on the flip side, you kind of look around at what's happening and people feel so insignificant, so devalued. And so when you talk about insignificance, the flip side of that, it, it is that sense, that quality of being unimportant. Uh, I, the second definition, not large enough or important enough to be worth considering. Oh, that's awful. Isn't that awful? See, I, I knew of someone who was raised in a family who their dad ignored them. And, and the pain that that caused. Right, that, that neglect. Total yeah. neglect. You know, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't abuse, it, but it, there was no love. There was just this middle road of you didn't matter. And she said, I, I, I think I would have preferred he beat me oh, up or abuse me. At least I knew I mattered right. then. So, yeah, to feel so small yeah. and so unimportant. And, and when you look at significance and how we feel about ourselves, once again, we're talking about the way we think, but it's over time how our identity, mm -hmm. our, our identity has been developed. Um, back to this book, which is just 
and he's updated it several times, but it is, it's just a, it's a fantastic book. Again, Search for Significance by Robert McGee, but he has this formula in the book, and it talks about self-worth, and he says that self-worth uh, equals performance plus other people's opinions, and it's, and it's true. I mean, Jody and I have been talking now for quite a while before we even got on the, the podcast or uh, on this YouTube version, and, and, and it's true. Mm-hmm. Our identity becomes, is created by what we do, mm-hmm. how well we perform, and then what other people mm-hmm. think about it. it. It's just so true. So a couple of things eat away, chip at how we feel about ourselves, and one of them is rejection. Mm-hmm. I mean, who hasn't been rejected? We've all been rejected, but why some people just take it so deep, why it affects their identity and how they feel about themselves. And, and I think at, at a young age, I was one of oh, those yeah. people. Uh-huh. I, I really do. And so rejection communicates how little you are respected or valued. That's kind of how we internalize when we've been rejected. And there are lots of ways rejection happens. It can be an angry outburst yeah. at you. And, and so you, 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 you shrink back, you, you, you fall back. It can be a disgusted look that someone gives you. It can be an impatient answer uh, that someone gives you. How about a social snub? Ooh, I'd have that. <laughs> oh, a social snub. I will never forget going to sixth grade Mm -hmm. and showing up at school when all the girls had decided to cold shoulder Mm me. I mean, how many of you, I mean, I bet you everybody's Mm -hmm. kind of even giggling right Mm -hmm. now. You you can go back to that memory. I'm telling you, that did something Uh to me. Uh It it did. It it did something to me inside. And then we respond out of that Uh, rejection. Yeah, we we learn coping skills. Exactly. I mean, the pain gets so deep. And and then as as a nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 13-year-old, and if you don't have the help from a parent or, or a mentor to guide you through that, to to tell you you're okay and to help heal that hurt, you as a child begin to cope somehow. Yeah. I remember it happening to me and I'd just get mean. Yeah. You know, I, I would get... To protect yeah, yourself. To protect yeah, to protect. Other people become people pleasers. You know, they want right. to appease everyone. Please don't hate me. Please don't hate me. So as a young kid, yeah, when these rejections start happening, you're going to find a way to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't even remember going home. I can't even I remember going home and telling mom I know you know and so I I just didn't process through that well Mm -hmm. and so then later on through life when something happens in the eighth grade and something happens in the tenth grade and something happens in college you you start to internalize it Uh all as rejection and and I think what comes with it too is shame yeah you know you you take it on as it's it's all your fault right you're a bad person people don't like you you did something you're a creep you're a jerk I don't want to go and tell my mom that you know guess what no one likes me at school anymore she'd be like huh (laughs) you know so the devil would come on and jump on that definitely so rejection is huge in in people's significance or self-worth 
how we end up feeling about ourselves. Another one is failure. Um, you know, when we've blown something, when we failed at something, we can get so disgusted by our own behavior. Yeah. And here, here's the, the, the truth of the matter. Our behavior is consistent with how we think about ourselves. It, it, it is. And so we're, we're thinking negative about ourselves. Our identity has become injured. Mm -hmm. And so this is how we see ourselves. Now this is how we're behaving. We're disgusted by our behavior. But it's not about changing our behavior. We have to go in and change our identity. Uh -huh. Seeing ourselves different. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We've got to see ourselves different. And like you said, that devil seizes oh, on yeah. that. One example, when I was a young kid, I mean... I went through some excruciating, embarrassing moments. I mean, I can go back to certain things where teachers embarrassed me. I mean, just threw me out there in front of everyone. And I remember I wasn't a very outgoing young girl, very quiet when I first went to school. And just, you felt like you'd rather die. You know, the, you wish the earth would just swallow you up at the moment. So what would happen is I was... I, it made me feel stupid. So I felt that's who I was. I was stupid. I was embarrassing. I, I was always in embarrassing situations. So that's what happens. Like Crystal said, you start perpetuating yeah. that behavior. You start expecting right. those situations. You, you bring it into you your really into do. Your life. And I remember one embarrassing situation after another after another. And as I got older, I learned how to handle it so much better. Well, nobody handles an embarrassing situation <laughs> like you. I've learned. Yes. Because yes. I've mastered it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you're, you're making a great point. It's it's the influencers in our life. Yeah. You know, Jody, it, uh, on our course, um, Jody talks about the wizards mm -hmm. in our life. That I think that came from Lou Tice. Yeah. But the wizards, you know, like in The Wizard of Oz, these people that have spoken things over our life and we've just accepted uh -huh. it but when you're a kid you just don't have the filter from zero to six zero to seven whatever researchers i mean you're, you're pretty much just everything that's said good and bad mm -hmm. not that there are great things too i mean some wonderful parents and coaches but those negative things uh -huh. you know negative things that are said by parents teachers coaches then you have culture on top of it. Yeah. Movies and celebrities and athletes and music all giving you messages and you're just depositing that into your subconscious. Well, like you said, failures, you know, start shaping your yeah. identity. And I know I've told the story a million times. I had a son who failed, you know, quite often in the classroom, you know, acted <laughs> up, misbehaved, you know, wasn't into school. And me as a wizard in his life, I just affirmed it and affirmed it. You know, he would come home with an F or, or he misbehaved in class or he was, you know, acting up in the lunchroom, whatever. And I as a parent would just go after him and go, why? You, you, why do you keep doing this? Why don't you ever change? You keep getting in trouble for this and, and just affirming that's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. Mm -hmm. When God finally stopped me in my tracks, he was, I believe, a junior in high school. I get sophomore, sophomore junior, or junior yeah. in high school. Yeah. And he said, as I was going after him for the 500,000th time about <laughs> how he didn't get his homework done, and God said, everything you've told that young man he believes as he's just shrinking and shrinking and i mean see we as parents 
if our kids are failing, it's not our job to just affirm it. You're a lousy student. You just keep acting up. You misbehave all the time. It's our jobs as a wizard to turn it and go, uh, uh, uh. I know this is how you're acting, but that's not who you are. You're smart. You're diligent. You're disciplined. You're an A student. You're, see, we got to talk faith and tell these kids what we want rather than what we're seeing in their behavior. Absolutely. And so, you know, these painful things happen to us. And again, what do kids do? And again, I'm not saying pain just happens as a kid, but that's the stuff that we can really bury, you know, scary. That kid doesn't know how to deal with some of these things. So we, we bury them into our subconscious, and but they're there. And unless they are dealt with properly, oh man, unresolved hurts turn into things. Yeah. You know, unresolved pain. I mean, there. Uh, I have a quote. Researchers believe 75 to 98% of mental, physical, and behavioral issues come from our thought life, come from unresolved trauma. And like you said, Jody, we, every person on the planet is going to experience trauma. Mm-hmm. I mean, betrayal, uh, just injustice, uh, that is just the human condition of sin. But as, as a parent, as a teacher, as a coach, whatever it is, to help get kids through these things properly, that's what doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I said, when that happened to me in the sixth grade, I don't even remember going and giving mom a chance mm-hmm. to help me get through it. And so, you know, on the flip side, um, maybe parents just don't even know. Yeah. But like you said, Jody, we can affirm coaches can affirm that I'm a screw up when I, you know, keep letting the ball go through my legs. I mean, they, they can just affirm and affirm and affirm, which starts to really influence how I feel about myself. Hey, I feel sorry for kids. I know. As a teacher, I watch a lot of it. You know, these kids would, you know, not do their homework and the teacher would get after them and, and then they'd go home and they they weren't getting the grade they were supposed to be getting and the parents were getting after them and I mean, and then the coaches and then they, you know, they didn't, uh, they're not able to play in the game the next game because their grade wasn't up and I'm like, you know, our job, like you just said, is to stop, you know, this insanity right. and go, okay, stop rather than everyone piling on these kids. Be that wizard, be that adult, be that coach, be that teacher to go, okay, what is going on? You are believing something about yourself right. that you keep failing, you don't turn in your homework, you're misbehaving, you're you're not giving it your all. So you gotta stop and you gotta speak life into exactly. these kids and go, that's not who you are. Right. And all it takes is one person to believe in them. I know. That's all it takes I is know. one coach, one leader, one adult to go, that's not who you are. You're right. not a mess up, you're not a failure, you're you're not an F student. You're smart, you're able, you're strong, you're, you know, absolutely life. Yep. It was it was that early PE teacher for me. Yeah. Spoke such life into me. Yeah. And so is it any wonder that athletics and physicality became a huge part mm. of my life? There's been so much joy there. So you know, just 
so much camaraderie mm-hmm. and teamwork, and and I appreciate that. Be that kind of person. Yeah, that, that's an example of the positive. Yeah, that, where that became your identity. Yeah, yeah. I'm a good athlete. I'm a good athlete. And that my PE teacher told yeah, me yeah. I was. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, look at how that Man. can happen. Exactly. So we've got wizards, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Coaches, good and bad. Teachers, some saying good things. But, I mean, kids just inundated with information, let alone we have an enemy, wow. an all-out enemy there to destroy our kids' lives, to destroy your life, to destroy my life. The enemy, I mean, and what does he do? Any, any mistake, anything that's happened, and he goes after our self-worth. Yes, he does. He's always going to whisper in your ear yes, that you you don't have value. Can you believe that? Can you believe this? Can you believe she said that? Can you believe you're not worth it? You're not worth it. Oh, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that. And what does he do? He tries to make you believe you don't have the right to feel good about yourself. Well, guess what? You do. Mm-hmm. You, you do have the right, because Jesus gave you that right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't even matter what, what we've ever done. Nothing you could ever do, have done, done in, in the future, would that ever change how much God loves mm-hmm. you. It can't. It won't. Yes. He will never make you feel never. bad. Never. So, yeah, if, if you're feeling bad, if you're feeling down... It's not God. Right. It's your own heart that can, can condemn you. Yeah. And Satan is the accuser of the brethren. That's right. God is always trying to pick you up, always trying to encourage you. So listen to those voices yep. telling you, oh, there you go again. You blew it again. You blew it again. You go, no. I mean, we'll talk about identity here in a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, we, we judge who we are by our behavior. And that's not how God sees exactly, us. Exactly. So, exactly. so I, I think we, I think some people feel uh, better about themselves than others. Here are a few indicators that maybe um, you're questioning your self-worth or your significance. It can play out in a lot of different ways. One of the first ways is when we don't feel we are worthy, we can withdraw from life. Life is made us feel a certain way about ourselves, the rejection, the failure, the shame, whatever it is, and maybe certain personalities just withdraw in life in order to avoid failing again, to avoid disapproval of people, because remember, it's performance plus the opinions of others. Man, you just got to get to a point where Screw you. I don't care what you think. And that is a very freeing place place to get. But the the people that withdraw, you know, they they do that to avoid all risk. And that's just not life. And end up getting more. Yeah, that's just not living. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and we're reminded that scripture says, hey, don't shrink back. I'm not happy when you shrink back. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, we, we need to take those risks. We need to step out in faith. And so if you are the person who is withdrawing because your self-worth, your significance has shrunk, boy, we're encouraging Mm -hmm. you today that it's time to step out in faith. It's time to take a a, a little bit of a risk today. Um, Second kind of personality type is the person who feels 
so insignificant about their own life that they become a liar. Mm. They exaggerate things that aren't true because they feel just so insignificant in their own life with their own accomplishments, who they are, the family they grew mm-hmm. up in, the amount of money they make, whatever it is. And, and it's so funny because in the book it says, um, good things are a little better and bad things are a little worse. <laughs> this person who exaggerates, you know, if it was a good thing, they, they got 10, yeah. they're going to say it's a 15, uh-huh. you know, or I've got a you know, really, it's a four-inch scar, but they're going to tell you it's an eleven-inch <laughs> scar. You know what? And the truth is never good it's enough. It's never good never enough. Never good enough. How sad! Yeah. Mm-hmm. How sad mm-hmm. that your I mean, you, your life is good enough. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. The the third type of personality becomes overly competitive. Mm-hmm. They feel so insignificant that whoever doesn't contribute to their success Ooh. and acclaim is seen as a threat to their self-esteem. And it's, to them, in their mind, an unacceptable threat. Gotta take you out. Yeah, and so they'll either bury you, or they'll manipulate the situation to get you. And because so many of us want to please, you know, the opinions of people matter. They, They become these master manipulators to get people to do what they need to do to make them feel good about themselves. Ooh, that's, that's a yeah, that's a little scary. A little scary. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is the compulsive personality, mm-hmm. that person who just becomes this compulsive perfectionist. You know, where they've got to be the best. They've got to grind. They've got to put in more hours than anyone. They've got to dress the part. They've got to... Everything is to impress. Mm -hmm. And And what's the saying? I've heard... I mean, one of the greatest bit of advice I've ever heard was stop trying to impress. Be impressive. I love it. Now, what does that mean? some of the most impressive things that I, I've heard about people is that which I've heard from other people yeah. about that person rather right. than themselves telling me. You know, they're not braggadocious, but you find out these wonderful things that people have done and no one knew about it. Yeah. You just happen to find it out. If you're going around trying to impress, usually you're, you're tooting your own horn all the time guess what people aren't going to find that impressive Mm -hmm. you know but let people behind the scenes you're doing those impressive things you're making tough choices you're disciplined Mm -hmm. you're 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 spending time with god whatever it is behind the scenes that are impressive people are going to eventually find out in the open absolutely so this this search for significance this thing that we are on a quest for too often our self-image rests solely on memories Mm. and and memories over time you know can really get worse worse than it ever really was i mean and and yet I'm, i'm not downplaying it because there is significant pain real real pain which is created real negative thinking and jody when we were talking about this statement typically what happens in this memory is that something has happened that at the time maybe when you were six ten whatever was so important 
it was so overpowering or so disappointing to us that it creates a permanent negative opinion about our self-worth. I think that's where you were talking about the excruciating embarrassment. You know, at the time, like you said, you, you would wish the, the earth would have opened up and swallowed you in it. There are things in our life that were so painful mm -hmm. that the devil would love us to believe that we are scarred forever. Mm -hmm. You know, that there is a permanent negative opinion about our worth as, as a human being. And, you know, people might say that and might believe that, but I've got to believe that God can heal that. Yes. That that doesn't have to be a permanent, but it takes some work. I mean, it does take work mm -hmm. uh, to, to change our identity. And so how do we do that? I mean, my word, it, it, if we don't know what God thinks about mm -hmm. us, we're in trouble. We, if you've got the world after you and the devil's after you and people are jerks and you've got pain from your past, we were saying, you're doomed. Uh -huh. You are. You're doomed. If you're watching TV and just inundating yourself with, with awful things that are happening, we're doomed. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and we don't mean to sound trite when no, we say, no. you know, you, you need to spend time with God. But you do. I, <laughs> it's not a religion. It's not just going to church. It's not reading your Bible. I found one of the, the cures for this low self-esteem, for this lack of confidence, is I just said to Crystal, I go, there's a difference from when I clock in with God. You know, I wake up in the morning, I spend time with God, I go over my list of who I'm praying for, um, I read some scriptures, and by God, see ya. But there is a difference when I sit in his presence and I wait for him to get his thoughts. I want to hear what he has to say. I think we are so busy trying to give him our requests and this is my problem and this is what I'm going through. So the only cure, I am telling you the only cure to cure that that pain, yeah. that rejection, that insecurity, that always trying to please people, always trying to be number one, is when you know and you hear him say, you are okay. Yeah. I love you. And when you start finding out what he made you for, I gifted you with this. I want you to do this. And when you're genuinely interested in his heart and his thoughts and his ways, he will begin to speak into you and you start getting a sense of his love. I mean, just for you. It's not anyone else's. It's not anyone else's relationship. But the presence of God comes into that room. And when he tells you you're okay, <laughs> it doesn't matter who says you're not okay. Right. You start filling that void of, of looking for success, looking for a mate, looking for money, looking for fame, looking, and all of a sudden it starts going away. God of the universe says, I'm okay. Right. And what happens is you can face the world with boldness. See, th this whole thing is we're trying to prove how good we are. We're trying to get to the top. How many we, likes do I have? Yeah, how many likes do I have? We don't get 100 likes. <laughs> do I have a million followers yet? And I know we, we talk about this all the time, but it is very, very real. Right. And when you get to a point, 
where God is sharing his thoughts with you about you, the, nothing in the world can compare to it. it. It doesn't matter if Donald Trump likes you. It doesn't matter if Kanye West is your best friend. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you know, what you do. God says he loves me and I'm okay. That, that's beautiful. Amen. I mean, true worth is not in our behavior or uh -uh. our performance. Uh -uh. I mean, you were talking about your son and the knucklehead, you know, that he acted like. I mean, you didn't you didn't throw him out because of it. I mean, when when kids act a fool, we don't just you know shame them, hate them, yeah. you know, throw them to the curb. Yeah. How much more? I mean, is God just uh -huh. going? You're the coolest. I love you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But like you said, Jody, I mean, I, I think in our, you know, trying to be disciplined in our pray, prep, and rep, and I'm all for it. You, yeah, you can get real methodical. Uh -huh. And I've got my scripture. I've just journaled. I did this. Now I'm off to the gym. Or what, and as, as opposed to just sitting mm -hmm. there and listening, mm -hmm. you know, letting God speak to you, letting God let you know how much he loves you, letting him letting you know how special, mm -hmm. how uniquely designed you are. You're, you're one of a kind, period, mm -hmm. one of a kind. So reject the lies, reject the shame, reject the guilt, and, and start to get in there and start to flip that identity into who God sees you as. You're righteous, you're his friend. He loves you. Wow. He, he thinks he thinks you're you're the greatest. Yes. You're forgiven. That's how God sees you. You're you're his daughter. You're his son, and that's what we want to communicate. That every bit of significance, every bit of value and self worth was put in you the day you were born into this world, and it has never changed. Yes, and, and you you're gonna go through life forever looking for it yeah you, you your heart is hungry to feel okay and that's why people overeat right that's why people drink that's why people take drugs that's why they always have to be in a relationship because we're always trying to feel good and okay on the inside but I'm telling you you're never gonna feel okay until you know you're okay with him until you get it from him why because he created that's you right. There's nothing else that can that can get on the inside of there to heal all that pain, take away all that fear and insecurity and go, you're, you're good. The problem is we get our behavior messed up with our identity. We go, we blow it, we do something stupid, and then we go, that's who I am. Yeah. I'm that person. No, you're not. You, if you were born again, you are the righteousness Amen. of God in Christ Jesus. You're a new creature. You're not a sinner saved by grace. See, that's another lie that people are believing. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. If that's how you see yourself, if that's what you believe about yourself, and you're wondering, why can't I stop sinning? Because that's what you keep saying about yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed Amen. away. All things are, you are a brand new being. Now your behavior, once you start seeing yourself different, your behavior begins to line up yep. with that. You're not trying to be righteous by doing righteous things. 
You're not trying to be holy by doing holy things. You are righteous. You are holy. And once you believe it, all of that stuff will start lining up. And if you do blow it, you go, no, I'm not a liar. Right. No, I, I'm, I'm not shameful. No, I'm not a, a drunk. You got to go back to your identity and who Christ made you to be and that believing it, spending time with the one who created you, renewing your mind, and then all of a sudden the behavior right. begins to change. But we got it flipped. Right. We're trying to stop the behavior so we can feel right. Exactly. No, start believing mm -hmm. who you are and all that stuff begins to change. Oh, that oh, was so oh, I know. Isn't that good, guys? Oh, so you guys, you matter. You matter. You have great significance. God thinks you are just amazing. Yes. Stop giving energy to that past. Yep. Got to let go of whatever thought. You know what? It's totally within us yep. to change the way we think. And so attack that today. Again, um, step into your significance. Do exactly what, what Jody just talked about. And we're going to remind you. Do you still have the scripture up? I do. Okay, we're going to read it one more time. Okay. We promise yes. this is what God is thinking about you. Yes. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, peace, not of evil, no. to give you an expected end. Yes. Woo. A hope, a future, yes. everything good. All good things come from God. Yes. All bad things come from the devil. Mm -hmm. So remember that. Again, we want to say thank you for being a part of the Soul Jew. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Hey, if you want some more resources, Go to soulgymsisters.com, all kinds of fun stuff there. Subscribe, become a part of our family. Yes. We just want to be there for you. Um, reach out to us. Um, we did launch a YouTube channel, so check that out as well. Again, thank you for being a part of the Soul Gym, where we just keep going after that flabby thinking and developing mental, mental muscle. muscle. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.